Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Twilight Zone podcast with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Covering Episode 2, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. Hi, friends. It's, uh, it's the Post-Atomic Twilight Zone, I guess. Yep, that's what this show is called now. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, thank you for that whole naming convention that we have You're to welcome. call the show Post-Atomic Everything Forever. Like, I'm always happy to help out the show, you know that. Well, in, small, in small ways that uh, don't take up a whole lot of time. <laughs> or don't make a lot of sense. That one most of all, that's my favorite. Yeah, that is that is an accurate statement. How can I baffle the people and my friend? I mean, if we're being honest, if we had to pick another show, mm-hmm. like, similar-ish to Star Trek, better in some ways like twilight zone the original certainly mm-hmm. would have been like on my short list oh totally that's a uh, decent amount of content and you know you can always go into the next couple of series if you want yeah and uh honestly i really like the 80s relaunch as well yeah uh they did one in the early there's like 2002 that i didn't care for but, sure but the one in the 80s was quite good like mm-hmm. uh they had a lot of high profile names writing for it and uh was uh, they did they did this really cool thing where the show was an hour long but the segments weren't necessarily an hour so it was just like whatever they feel like filling that hour with well it's like you could get two sometimes three segments so what that meant was you couldn't sort of look at your watch and say well the third act is coming so i know the twist is about to happen yeah this one might only be 20 minutes long Mm -hmm. you you don't know and so it would kind of throw you off balance and you sort of forced to just enjoy the story and not think, you know, well, what's going to happen next? Mm Because you you just never know. And sometimes they'd have, like, these cool little short five-minute, you know, like, you know, you've read, like, tiny sci-fi stories. Oh, sure. They're fun. You know, like a five-page story. Like, fucking, like, Rod Serling shows up. Okay, I only got five minutes, guys. Uh, Let's see here. I think he was dead at this point, but I think this was the weird era where they still... I don't think they had a host for that one. There was a... There was a revival of Alfred Hitchcock Presents in the 80s where they just colorized the footage of him from the yep. 60s and kept using it. And yep, I used to watch that. And, like, the they, the intros would have nothing to do with the episode they were doing. Oh, they, they never did. I watched the 60s version of that, and they, they never did anyway. Fucking just Hitchcock. This week, I think I shall sit in the guillotine and talk to the people. The sponsor this week is a real fuckwad, and I hate him. Yep. We watched... uh. Probably all of that show, I think, and they did three or four hundred episodes. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very like in terms of uh, anthology shows with a high success rate, mm-hmm. it's basically that in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, everything else less yeah. so. <laughs> I the the interesting thing about this show is mm-hmm. it already sort of exists in the form of Black Mirror. Yeah, right. Like I, my original thought was, why would you do another Twilight Zone? There kind of already is one. Mm-hmm. And I've seen most of the series so far. I think there's a new one this week I haven't seen yet. But yeah. uh, it is definitely covering very different ground. Yes, it is. It's very little about technology, which is mostly what uh, Black Mirror is about. Yeah, right. And but, uh, more about... Have you seen Black Mirror at all? I have seen a couple of episodes. I've seen the, uh, maybe the first two or three episodes and the, mm. the interactive movie they did. Oh, right. I heard about that. Which was which was fun until it start like, when you get real far into it, you st- it starts repeating. Yeah, I could see that. Is it is it like playing Night Trap? It's exactly like playing Night Trap. 
It seems like it must be. Or it, uh, Dragon's it Lair, maybe? Exact, no, it is more Night Trap than it is Dragon's Lair, because Dragon's Lair is lushly animated, and Night Trap is poorly acted. Ah. With I actors. See. Well, I, well I, I say actors. That's probably praising it a bit too much. Performers. Mm-hmm. People who were around the studio. Uh, I Programmers, will say, I imagine. I will say I can't promise this. But uh, my short list of uh, uh, shows to cover when we get to shows from, you know, this decade mm-hmm. is the uh, Star Trek influenced episode. Oh, yeah, that's a good one that I, I don't believe you've seen. And I think you will very, very much enjoy. Also, it took me way too long to realize what Black Mirror, what Black Mirror was supposed to mean. Isn't it a phone? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like a screen turned off. Yeah. What, yeah. If, what if phones but bad? Uh-huh. But uh, Twilight Zone, uh, because Jordan Peele's doing it, mm-hmm. um, and Jordan Peele is very much concerned with, you know, social justice, not a not in a, like, I don't use that phrase disparagingly. I use no. it in, in admiration. That's, like, he wants his work to, to talk about that kind of thing, and, yeah. uh, and this show very much has done that. Mm. This isn't one of those, but they've done a few episodes that are very, like, <laughs> hardcore. Uh, there's one that, from last week, uh, call, that, that was called Not All Men, and uh-huh, it's about ex, it's about exactly what you think it was about. It's pretty good, yeah. And it was it was pretty brutal, and it was not subtle. And there were people complaining about how it wasn't subtle, and it's like, well, it's the Twilight Zone. Yeah, fucking this show does not do subtlety. It never has. Like, no. I was talking to you on Twitter about this. This is the show where a bunch of people in pig masks showed up to point at a woman and say that she's not beautiful because we're all wearing pig masks. I believe that was the first one. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think, if not, one of the very first ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, right out of the gate, they were doing that. Like, and guys. That's that's just how they roll in mm-hmm. the old TZ. I'm so sorry. If you want subtlety, head over to the Outer Limits. You won't find any subtlety, but you'll I'm, find the Outer Limits. I was going to say, I've seen some good Outer Limits episodes, but... Uh, I would Sorry, not it's, call that show subtle either. It's real weird, weird talking about the outer limits and watching my own voice on the on the <laughs> Audacity recorder right now. How hard is it for you to resist going blip blip blip? Oh, I have bad news. That's about to happen. Okay. What's that, boy? We're in control. Okay. Why don't I tell you what happens in? Uh, oh, that's right. They've upgraded it. This mm-hmm. is not Nightmare at twenty thousand feet. This is Nightmare at. 30,000 feet. So we can go higher now. 10,000 feet more, which means it must be that much better. Uh-huh. Also, I keep wanting to call it Miracle at 30,000 feet. <laughs> that is not the title. That's a that's a different episode, Al. Where where did that come from? Because this what happens in this episode is very nightmarish and my brain should know that. I'm pretty sure Miracle at 30,000 feet is when uh Shatner looks out the window of the plane and Santa Claus is on the wing. <laughs> like the sled has collided with the uh Hello, Bill. The airliner. <laughs> and he's trying to, what what it, what it looks like him trying to pry the uh, wing free is him just like trying to get the reins like of the reindeer untangled so he can get back, you know, get back on he's his rounds. He's trying to rip off uh, panels from the plane so we can put presents into it. Right. <laughs> oh, this looks like a bad chimney. This year, Will, Bill, Bill Shatner, just like every year. <laughs> a real piece right. of shit. Yep. More like my worst bill. <laughs> All right. Uh, Santa so Claus out. Goodbye. Let's uh, let's summarize this son of All a right. bitch. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of splendiferous finch. 
A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of Fartrell Cluggins. Okay, I need to stop this now because I'm just going to spend the next hour watching the Key and Peele East-West Bowl sketches until I die laughing like the weasels in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Anyway, this is Serious Jordan Peele, the Jordan Peele who made Get Out and Us. Serious Jordan Peele is kind of like his Obama without the anger translator. It's also a very bold choice to host the Twilight Zone without chain smoking, but that's just the kind of visionary director he is. And I realize the word visionary has sort of lost all meaning in this show where we endlessly mock Gene Roddenberry, but in this case, I actually do mean it. Any hoodle, this week's spine-chilling installment has at least three hits against it already. It's a remake of a story that was done in the OG Twilight Zone, and then again in the movie they made in the 80s. It focuses on air travel, which is hardly a springtime fresh backdrop for social commentary or even observational comedy for that matter. And it stars TV's Adam Scott. Don't get me wrong, I love Adam Scott. He's a very funny guy whose presence has made a couple of my favorite shows even better. But is he capable of the thespianic nuance we've come to expect from his predecessors? Well, given that his predecessors were John Acting Lithgow and William I'm Captain Kirk Shatner, I think he'll do all right. So our lovable human bobblehead is playing Justin Sanderson, a media pundit with anger issues who's traveling to Tel Aviv to take a less stressful assignment. Sure, when you think of chill destinations, who doesn't immediately think of the Middle East? Personally, I'd have gotten off the plane as soon as I saw that uh, Jordan Peele was on all the display screens, giving his weird little speech that connects whatever's happening to the phrase the Twilight Zone in the most tenuous way possible. But Justin perseveres, discovering a haunted MP3 player loaded up with one of those podcasts that exploits real-life tragedy, which is basically every podcast that isn't about D&D. Except this one is apparently from the future and details the doomed flight that Justin is actually on. I don't know why I'm emphasizing the fantastic elements of this story like they're stupid or out of place. This is the Twilight Zone. This kind of shit happens all the time. Also, the podcast in question is narrated by Dan Carlin, who is a famous podcaster, but I wouldn't know that because I don't listen to podcasts. They're for children and stupid people. So Justin gradually loses his shit as he tries to prevent tragedy from unfolding exactly the way it already has have unfolded. But then, oh no, it turns out he actually caused all of the things that made the plane crash in the first place. What a twist! Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not much summary of the plot because, really, this is more of a mood piece. Yeah, real, like, the, honestly, not a lot happens in this one. No, my, my original summary was two sentences. Like, well, obviously, I need more than that. Yeah. So. He crashes the plane. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, w- sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Please, uh, I, I just talked say, for three minutes. Go ahead. Yeah. I will say, uh, when I found out they were doing Nightmare at 30,000 Feet again, like, I yeah. was pretty disappointed just because I've seen... F- five different versions of this plus i've read oh, yeah. the story and the fact that they that they do it as more like it's it's not about just a monster it's about actual like paranoia and stuff which well this actually, is my good thing yeah it's it's not the perfect twilight zone episode in fact it's not even in my top three of the seven i've seen so far this season but i went in just like you expecting a retread that i'd seen several times and it, it wasn't that like it what it was was a guy helpless and paranoid on a plane and no one will believe him but it puts everything in a modern context and tells a very different story so i like that a lot yeah but it's that same feel a modern story too like there's a lot about like you know it's very post 9-11 this story it is and i love it starts subtle and then it's it gets unsubtle because again twilight zone yeah but it's a flight to tel aviv it's full of non-american non-white people Mm -hmm. Traveling to the Middle East. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of him as a white dude sort of trying not to look at them suspiciously, but doing and it anyway. Absolutely doing it anyway. Yeah. And there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. And again, not subtle. And eventually he has the most uncomfortable uh, conversation with a couple of Sikh gentlemen. Yep. Where he's like, no, 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 we're all, what did he say? I wrote it down because it, it, it was so. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, yeah. I believe no, it no, might no. actually be a Sikh thing. Yeah, because they say we're we're Sikh, and he says uh, yes, and equal to us all. Uh-huh. Like, oh, oh God, yeah, why did no. you say that? Shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down. Yeah, and there's a part I like in this where, like, for a while he's wandering around the ship, like the ship, the plane, mm-hmm. like looking real paranoid and shit. And I'm talking to myself like, why isn't anyone noticing this? And then they flip mm-hmm. the angle, and everyone is noticing it. Yep, but also. Probably a little white privilege there. Oh, totally. It's the thing like is, this white, no one's going to care what this white guy is doing. Yeah. The The thing is, like I say, this show has very much concerned itself with this sort of thing. And, and it's not a central theme in this episode, but it's mm-hmm. very much there. It's in it's in all of them. Oh, yeah. They did an excellent, terrifying episode, which is basically like what it's like for people of color trying to not get caught by the cops for mm-hmm. no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like it's it's an hour of tension, like terrifying tension that's just like and then you realize, "Oh shit, this is just how how some people have to live all the time." Oh mm-hmm. my god. Yeah. Which is what this is for. Yeah. Like that's what good like social science fiction is for. Mm-hmm. And again, this one isn't strong with that, but we always talk about how Star Trek is usually pretty terrible at that and yeah. this 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 franchise historically is not so even in an episode that's not about that there's still there's still some good stuff mm-hmm. absolutely uh, uh, I, I like this and I think this is I think this is important right now oh it absolutely is you know I don't like and like I'm real glad we're not just like it's not just and here's a monster this week because the Twilight Zone but the monster is man. The monster is always man. I know, but sometimes also there's a guy in a suit. I will say this, though. Mm. Usually in the old Twilight Zone, uh, they were sort of morality plays or like, they, you know, if something horrible happened to someone, it's because they had it coming. Sure. And I don't think this guy really had it coming. Well, I mean, I kind of like how this episode gets very dream, like it gets nightmare yeah. Like literally nightmare at th- at thirty thousand feet, and well, I, I think, actually I think the other versions did too. I think it's mm. that's the that's what it shares with the other ones. Yeah, like the, the just by the end when like everyone on the plane is unconscious and the guy he trusted is going nuts and like he's yeah. just sort of standing there like looking around at what he's done. Mm-hmm. It's re- like it's it's really like I, any second now I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wake up any second now. Any second now. No, and Adam Scott gives it a, a great sort of like almost trance like like he's he's quite good in this action mm-hmm. and like also everyone like even before he starts really freaking out everyone he talks to is sort of is sort of on edge like the 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 the, the like everyone is, is on a plane yeah that's that's natural but i just nobody like, likes to fly and everyone's tense and you know 9-11 happened 18 years ago mm-hmm. and people are still thinking about that shit oh yeah you know but no i just i really the whole the, the mood is all very good no, and again, that's like I think that's retained from the original story. The mm-hmm. idea is that you're already sort of vulnerable. You're trapped with a bunch of strangers, and if one thing went wrong and no one believed you, what could you do? Yeah. 
and that's where the tension comes from and that's that's consistent through all the versions and i think they did a very good job with that yeah um but but again we we get sort of an implication that he's got some anger management issues that he maybe lashed out at his wife Mm -hmm. but when he gets on the plane the first thing he does is give up his first class seat to a family yeah uh and then the whole time he wants to prevent a tragedy like Mm -hmm. he seems like he's he's dealing with some issues but he's mostly a good dude yeah and you know that makes you feel worse for him obviously because he doesn't really have any of this coming yeah well i mean i've only i've only seen one other episode of uh the twilight zone it's the pilot and no you but you've seen tons of the classic Twilight. oh totally yeah no don't don't get me wrong i'm just the the new twilight like the the other one i've seen is the one with uh kumail nanjiani as the comedian and again Uh didn't seem like a guy who was that bad you know I just guess that's true. Trying yeah. to just trying to be a bit like, you know, get his career yeah. uh, launched. Yeah, that's a good point. Kind of turns into a shitty guy by the end of the episode, but uh, well, that you know, it's a bit of a power corrupts kind of thing. Yeah. There. Whereas here, I guess, I guess that sort of adds to the nightmarishness. I like. Just... I'm kind of here, like maybe not every week, but I'm kind of here for just sometimes bad shit, ha- bad weird shit happens to nice people. Oh no, that's that's fine. I'm just saying it's not consistent with what I remember. I might mm. be remembering wrong. Sure. Like what I remember of the Twilight Zone, which is usually when which some is awful... exclusively that guy who just wanted time to read. Well, for the longest time, that's the only one I remembered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know no lens craft draft of the apocalypse. Well, no, because they're dead. Mm-hmm. Most everyone's dead. Yeah, he'll be dead soon too. Uh huh. Because he won't be able to find like the food or medicine or. Whatever. Well, and also the place has been hit by an atomic bomb. Like, I'm sure he's riddled with cancer. Yeah, probably. Riddled with cancer. So he starts out, you know, because he's Burgess Meredith looking like the classic penguin, and he ends up looking like the Danny DeVito penguin. Yes, or possibly an actual penguin. You know, I Good don't know guy. how radiation works. No. I read a lot of comic books. <laughs> yeah. Scientifically, he should be coming the Hulk. <laughs> Hulk want there, read. There was time now. Ah. Ah. Uh, what was your good thing? I love the design of the haunted MP3 player. Yes. I love it to death. It looks, it looks like a like an MP3 player that was designed in the 30s. And yeah, it's, it's like amazing. an old transistor radio. With, yeah, and the even the font is sort of that like retro future. Well, it looks like it, yeah, it's got like the the actual screen's very like like 80s computer. It's it's like a first generation iPod. Yeah, exactly. Like it it looks it looks old and wrong. Like this is yeah. not like as soon as he pulls it out of the uh, the seat, it's just mm-hmm. like nothing about this. Like nobody made this. This is like I had a first generation knockoff MP3 player, and it did not mm-hmm. look like this. No, this is this is very cool looking. Yeah, I want one, <laughs> even though it is huge. Like it's the size of an old Walkman. Right. Yeah, that's fine. But no, I love it and I want one. Mm-hmm. Now that was that was that was pretty good. Um, here's an interesting thing that I I didn't notice the first time, mm. and apparently I like extra things have sort of been pointed out to me. Uh, these episodes exist in the same continuity or something as like other Twilight Zone as, episodes. As, as yes, this new Twilight Zone, all of the episodes are happening in the same universe i think okay i don't know if that matters but uh i don't well, know I mean, if you, if you want to get into like really weird stuff like alien invasions and stuff like that that's the thing there is one sort of apocalyptic one that kind of fucks that theory up but when he's in the airport uh there are 
either books or magazines with mm. uh, Kumail's face on them. Oh, that's kind of cool. Which which you might have spotted. No, uh, I didn't and then there that. Were, but, uh... There were things from other episodes that come later that obviously I didn't see the first time and you mm. wouldn't have noticed because you haven't seen them yet. Sure. But uh, there's an episode involving uh, uh, astronauts going to Mars. Mm-hmm. And there's, again, I don't remember, maybe it was on the TV or maybe it was like on a magazine when he was at the newsstand, but something about like a forthcoming mission to Mars and mm. enough to sort of tip that we're in the same world. That's interesting. I don't know why. I don't know if it matters or if they're just sort of like Easter eggs or whatever. The, the rich Twilight Zone universe. I It just, sort of the nature of the way these short stories work mm-hmm. kind of rules out that because the world ends half the time you know yeah. i just i'm sorry i'm just picturing like the, the the season ending with uh jordan peele coming out in his suit and bringing together all of the main characters from all the episodes to fight a new evil <laughs> i think it's to fight each other <laughs> to fight that would be fine too you'll be the twilight zone avengers i don't know i don't know if make like, sure you I'm, see us yeah i mean i would like to yes my wife uh, is still a bit uh, injured and, and can't sit in a theater seat Ugh. for two hours. So, yeah. Um, no, I'm just now I'm trying to f- figure out who would win in a fight between Adam Scott and Kumail because they're both sort of scrawn jobs. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I would watch that fight. I like both of those guys. I don't want to see them fight. <laughs> I do like both of those guys. It's like, wait, I don't want to see them fight. I want to see them in a project together. Yeah, no, that That's would be probably fine. better now that I think yeah. about it. Also, uh, the dude who was the airline pilot who ended up being crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, was, yeah. Uh, I do not know how to say his name. He has a Greek name, Diem, Chris Diem, Papapopoulos. I'm fucking that all up. <laughs> um, but uh, he's he's been in a bunch of things. He was in the uh, fourth season of Arrested Development. He was Marky Bark. Of course, yeah. Uh, he played a, a real douchebag investor in Silicon Valley. He's been he's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I saw him at the beginning, I knew he'd be popping up again. He's a, again n- another character I felt super dreamy, just because like every time Adam Scott would sort of sit down, this guy would appear from behind him, <laughs> like the devil. Yeah, exactly. Except he wasn't Tracy Morgan drinking another shot. <laughs> Don't worry, pal. Want me to take I over the plane? You. I could take over the plane. Oh, I'll take over the plane. I'll take over any plane you want. Yeah, I can just go right up there and take over. Well, that's All I need is the secret idea. password. Well, the secret password is the same number I've seen 50 times. It's love. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Well, I've got bad news for you, Adam Scott. You have made no friends on this flight. No, no, that one friend he made along the way ended up crashing the plane, so. Yeah, but. I definitely think not about him. That angry mob murdered him at the end. Yeah, that sucked. So. That's your bad thing, yeah. It sure is. Um, I hate the fucking the the ending on the on the island where Adam Scott wakes up on the island next to a uh, Twilight Zone action figure. And oh, I didn't. What? Oh Wait, yeah, what? no. He wakes when he wakes up. The doll he sees is uh-huh. that's the monster from the original episode. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, uh, it it's very much like the very beginning of the series Lost. Yeah, exactly. Where you see the wreckage and the luggage from a from a flight and one dude like waking up. Mm-hmm. But like he wakes up on like what is clearly an island off the coast of Canada, and um, finds the MP3 player and the MP3 player is like, and then you died. Yeah. And then the entire uh crew of the ship show or the plane 
Not uh-huh. a ship, Robotham. Jesus Christ. We've Shows been talking to... about Star Trek for nine years. You uh-huh. can be excused for calling it a ship. Shows up to beat him to death. And I just, like, it seemed like, it, that seems like one step too much for me. Like, the episode could have easily ended with the plane crashing and just, like, you well, know. Because yeah, what the podcast said was, uh, and the weird thing is, everyone ended up surviving except yeah. Justin Sanderson because they killed him. Yeah. It yeah. just It's like a weird combination, happy ending, Adam Scott got beaten to death, sad ending. I'm not really happy for him. Well, I mean, people get off the island, so. I mean, I guess that's good, except it took them months. Yeah, living on this they... crap island. Yeah, which is just a bunch of pebbles and not even land. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, nah, I episode would have ended way better with just the plane going down. Well, oh, uh, fly me to the moon, plays. I was just, oh, no, he's flying them to the moon. <laughs> that would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, my bad thing is actually the other part of the ending, which I did not care for, mm. which is predestination paradox. Like, oh yeah, you love those. Uh, it's just played out, man. Mm-hmm. It's not that I hate it. I, when I was a kid and I saw it for the first time in a sci-fi, probably a sci-fi. Yeah. Maybe it happens in fantasy too, because you get prophecies. But you know, the first time I saw that, it kind of blew my mind, but uh, you know, I'm 44 years old and I've seen a lot of pop culture. It's it's happened a million goddamn times. Yeah. This isn't just a Star Trek thing. This is a everything thing. Mm-hmm. Like he caused the thing he's trying to prevent. I get it. I've seen this so many times. See, what what I thought was happening at first, like there's a part where he's listening to it and he thinks like that like these two soccer soccer guys are actually like Russian mobsters or something. Uh huh. And what I thought was happening at first was that like he was listening to the podcast and it was super similar to what was happening to him, but the reveal at the end was going to be that actually like he was just listening to something. Well, yeah, and they just laid happened the... to have coincidences in it. They laid the groundwork for him being sort of on the verge of a psychotic break. Yeah. So him wanting it to be true because he's a little on edge. Mm-hmm. Could have been interesting. You're right. That's a that's a good way to take it. Yeah, and just like, no, this thing is telling me what's ha- this. This podcast is like three years old, man. Like, yeah, it's about it's this plane that disappeared. Like, yeah, it's not this plane. It's like, but he keeps like picking up like similarities and like coincidences and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that no, that would have been that would have been much better. You're yeah. you're absolutely right about that. Um, I I did. I mean, at times I did like the way it played out, though. I liked mm-hmm. him. Like his little mantra to to overcome whatever he's going through, yeah, is the past is the past. But <laughs> that doesn't help you here because this is from the future. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, and and there's some good stuff like that, and the way it's actually told, I like. Like this voice would say a thing, and then he would see it. Like mm-hmm. there's there's whole chunks of it where all he does is act with his face, and the voiceover is kind of telling you what's going on, and you watch him sort of get horrified. And yeah, right. I, li- I liked how the story was told that way. Mm. But, you know, on the other hand, (laughs) also, how the hell is Aaron Fawcett not hosting a podcast talking about, like, the mystery of flight whatever? That's an excellent question. That just feels like an obvious thing. All right, since my radio show has been canceled for the 14th time, now we're doing a podcast. Whatever that is. So I hope you guys want to hear lots of my opinions about how movies are made. But first... This week we're talking about symbolism in The Shining. But first, mattresses. (laughs) This episode brought to you... That was the one thing that threw me off about the entire thing. There was no sponsorship? His ancient MP3 player never tells you that it's brought to you by Blue Apron. Uh Uh-huh. 
Well, you know, some podcasts, even though they work very hard and, and never miss a week and have done their seemingly impossible stated goal, still don't have sponsorships. for. Something. No, I've never been contacted by anyone. No. I, you know, that just happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I'd sell out in about five minutes. Uh, at the beginning, I was so dead set against it, and now, mm-hmm. oh boy! No, I remember, yeah. man. I, I this, sure would. At this point, I'll do it just for that free Casper mattress. That thing sounds nice. <laughs> I could use a new mattress. You listening to me, Casper? This episode dead. of the Post Atomic Twilight Zone brought to you by no one. <laughs> Incidentally, we do have a Patreon. By the sweat of our brow. That is true. Especially Al's brow. Uh. Yeah, you know, no one's brow sweats too. like his. <laughs> that that is that is true. You sweat a lot. I don't know how we got on my sweating. But <laughs> there we are. I mean, you know what happens if we talk long enough? We'll always get around to your brow sweat. That is true. It's, it's just impossible to. Yeah, avoid. I mean, like it's the sweaty elephant in the room. <clears throat> the weekend weekends I've stayed at your house, and by like three o'clock in the afternoon, we're just sitting looking at each other, going brow sweat, brow sweat, brow sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, what else about this episode? <laughs> what else about this episode? No, I don't know. Like, I I really sympathized. And again, all the versions of this. But because he was a little less over the top, mm-hmm. I, I sympathize with him more than I did with Shatner or Lithgow. Because, like, what do you do? Well, like, yeah. He's trying to get someone to believe him, but he, he knows he sounds crazy. Like, I like all that. I like, like, it's very simple, but yeah. I like it. Here's one thing is that after the first guy he talks to, he never tries to get anyone else to listen to the podcast. Well, because, you know, mm-hmm. they're probably all going to imply that he's got lice. I mean, that's fair. That bald guy is like, I don't want lice. You're bald. <laughs> Ear lice. You're fine. Ear lice. Ear lice. I mean, I get it. I don't want to put someone's gross headphones on either. <laughs> Speaking as someone who sweats a lot. <laughs> There's that brow again. It only took five minutes. Yeah, it's somehow it gets in my ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I like I sympathize. Like that that is that is like a nightmare situation. Like you say, like mm. you you're the only one who knows something bad's gonna happen, and no one will believe you. Yep, oh, it's horrible. And <laughs> the whole that that just the extra layer of, and you're on a plane where mm-hmm. everyone's already very tense, and you know, especially nowadays, like yeah. Well, just, and there's the storm going on too, so like that's yeah. always fun. And there's an air marshal who can zip tie you if you mm-hmm. don't uh, if you don't knock it off. She was very good, also. That was a nice bit of because she's in a um, oh god, uh, head covering of oh, some hoodie? kind. Uh, was she? I thought it was a hoodie. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a cultural head covering, and I didn't want to get it wrong. I didn't mm. want to say burka when it was when it was a different thing, or you know, I I didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah, but, uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was. It a, might have it just been just, a hoodie. Which I mean, that carries its own implications these days. That is also true, but he was not expecting, you yeah. know, a youngish woman, because again, white male privilege. Yeah, which exactly. Is, is nice. It's. Nice that even that says always... when she uh, when she puts the zip ties on, he's like, "You're the air marshal." Yeah. And he didn't even come up, like, at the beginning, they set him up as this sort of, like, political pundit. Mm-hmm. It was like, he could have been a real piece of shit, like, you know, uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh type. Yeah. And he wasn't. Like, oh, they just... they did a good job of sort of, like, well, he's, he's got some underlying, you know, privilege issues like a lot of us have. But yeah. He, he's an okay guy. No, he uh, he very perfectly escal- or, um, emulates the, uh, the character of the kind of dim white guy. Yeah. And... But also, you know, he just wants to help. Yeah. Uh-huh. So 
How'd that work out for you? Well, he got beaten to death, so. Mm, yeah, on an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do, being I beaten did... to death is probably one of the worst ways to go out. Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of... There's a Unless lot they of set him on fire, like... Mm, it's also pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Starving to death seems terrible. Yeah, that's not great. Any Anything that takes many days. Mm-hmm. Like getting beaten to death by a large crowd of very angry people, probably over in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, the things where you know death is inevitable and you can't do anything about it and it takes like, you know, I don't know, probably takes you a week to starve to death, maybe longer, but yeah. you know. Uh, I've read Survivor I liked... Type. I know how that goes. <laughs> I like the sound design a lot. Like when he's got the headphones on, you can hear the plane just a little bit, but yeah. mostly the the narration just sort of takes over, and it's a very simple effect. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing like groundbreaking, but it was just it was good editing. Well, was, and the dude, well the dude on the podcast is very like when you, I I had no idea who he was, and when you, but when you said he was no, a, I had to like a well known podcaster, I'm like, yeah, of course he is. He's got that tone of voice. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he does. Uh, I just looked it up. He does hardcore history, which. I believe that's the one. That's where, where I have, know him from. Okay, they have like super, super long episodes. They're they're really interesting, but mm-hmm. they're like five hours each or something. Yeah, no, crazy I listened like to like that. a huge in depth thing he did on like Genghis Khan that was super interesting. Yeah, no, I've heard. You know, I like jokes aside. I just I don't listen to podcasts that mm. much. I just like I don't have time because when I have a minute where I'm not working on our own audio stuff and I can mm. listen to something else, it's usually music. I just I don't have a lot of time. Well, that's the thing. My, like where my ears are free. I, on the other hand, have, like, you know, I work at a warehouse all day. Like, I get time to listen to all the podcasts. Well, the kind of, the kind of work I do. three. The kind of work I do at my day job is not the kind. Like, I, I'm ADHD as hell, and mm-hmm. I could not focus on my work and someone talking. Sure. So the only times I can really listen to that sort of thing are in the car, and I'm not in the car that much. Mm-hmm. So you, I Well, then to, you got Discworld books to listen to. Uh, yeah. No, I have to do those with Amanda. If I'm in the car by mm-hmm. no, myself, then... Uh, 372 pages is like the only podcast I listen to mm. right now. Uh, by the way, right now, uh, that is the uh, book podcast by uh, uh, Mike Nelson of MST3K and Rift Tracks and mm. one of his uh, uh, co-writers at Rift Tracks. And they are currently doing one of the books by the Fifty Shades author. Oh, Lord. Uh, and super, like, very funny but super uncomfortable Midwesterner Mike Nelson talking about a sex book. Oh, dear. Comedy gold. At one point, he said the phrase, the boning and whatnot. <laughs> is this the part where I talk about the butt plugs? <laughs> he's so, he's just so uncomfortable about it all. But look, you chose this, man. Come a long way from when I used to argue with those robots. Uh-huh. And yet not. A long way. Uh, well, I've come a long this? way from when I used to fucking yell about that book about all of the 80s stuff. What? The, with the gunters and whatnot. Oh yes, yes. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One. Ugh. Yeah. Uh huh. That's the one. Uh huh. All right. Anything else about this Twilight I Zone? I think that's everything. I didn't take a lot of notes on. This. Not a long episode. No, it's it's nice to do something a little shorter. Um, and kind. I hope we're kind of getting into that. Like uh-huh. next week, we have to do something a little longer. But uh, then I kind of want this to be the norm, just like something about forty-five minutes. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, I think we've earned that. Yeah. Have we uh, suffered enough? Mm, no. 
No, we're definitely knowing knowing some of the things we're going to be watching ahead. Yeah, right. We're, we'll, we will be suffering more. <laughs> but people seem to enjoy that. Yep. So. Well, we give the people what they want, I guess. Yeah. Or give them um, nothing. We give them a show every damn week, man. Uh-huh. That's what they get. We're here. Yes. And we don't uh, tell you to blow up a plane or anything. What? Crash a plane or anything? Oh, oh, oh! Like the like the like in the show, like, like the thing we were just talking about would, for the last half hour, get, Al. Why would we ever do that? Uh huh. What a horrible thing! Hi, if you're listening to this on a plane, leave the plane alone. Yeah, stay in your seat, sit quietly. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Get uh, get drunk on tiny liqueurs. That I can recommend. Ah, see, I do not like losing control in a situation where I am surrounded by strangers, so I would not necessarily recommend that. Uh, so my quote, mm-hmm. this, so there weren't a lot of quotable lines in this, I wouldn't say. Yeah, not Just, really. You know, like, I, I liked, like, I, some of the dialogue was a little, like, could have taken another pass, but it wasn't bad. Sure. And, uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm featuring this just for Amanda. Because when we did watch the original Twilight Zone, and, uh-huh. and again, hundreds of episodes of that as well, just, just so many, one thing that drove her nuts and delighted me to watch her being driven nuts by was the way Rod Serling would try to give a little speech about the Twilight Zone, like about whatever's happening, and then bring it back to a place called the Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. And it was always so clumsy. It's always like, Matt Robotham. Someone is mowing the lawn outside of his uh, apartment. But you know where they don't need to cut the lawn? The Twilight, yeah, the Twilight Zone. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so uh, uh, Jordan gets two of these per episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets one at the beginning and one at the end. And the end one really tickled me in a, in a sort of clumsy way. So uh, this is that. In his final moments, Justin Sanderson made the case that he did everything he could to avert disaster. But in the end... He was an investigative reporter unwilling to investigate himself until it was too late. Justin discovered that the flight path to hell is paved with good intentions, and it passes directly through the Twilight Zone. And I love also, and this happens in all of them. Yeah. um, He just sort of, like, after the teaser, after the first five minutes or whatever, he's just on whatever set they're on. Yeah, he just sort of wanders in. Like, he's on the in-flight uh, uh, instructional video mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, but then at the end, he's on the island. He's just on the just... island. Like, he picks up the MP3 player, I think. Yeah, they pan away from the angry crowd, and he's just standing there in his suit, his mm-hmm. very nice suit. Uh, and I love it. It's like that in all of them. That one of them takes place entirely on a mission to Mars, mm-hmm. and he, he's there on the ship. <laughs> he's, just, he's always there. I, I don't know. I just I love the weird narrative. I, like... I, I love it, and I just I wish that he still chain-smoked. Like... Mm-hmm. It's such a good visual, uh, like the guy in the suit, like smoking a cigarette, who's just there. Uh, yeah, but he would need to be smoking. Don't update it to vaping, because that would. Yeah, don't. The, no, you kind of lose the classiness then. Uh-huh. but I, I mean, Jordan, you know, all the jokes I made about him, you know, that everyone made mm-hmm. about him, like doing all these hilarious but not exactly dignified sketches. <clears throat> like it was real easy to make the jump. Oh yeah. I thought it would take me a minute to take him seriously as a as a presenter, mm. but no, because really, that guy was Fartrell Cluggins. Here's the here's the thing. But before we get off of uh, yeah. Jordan Peele and everything, um, I did a watch of all of Key and Peele 
mm-hmm. maybe a year or two ago. It's all on um, uh, Hulu, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, and before uh, before um, not us, the other one, uh, Get Out was announced. Uh-huh. Like, if you watch that show, there are certain sketches where it's like, oh yeah, this guy wants to write horror. Like, this is a thing this, this guy has clearly wanted to do for a long time. The, the thing is, there's a lot of that in a lot of sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. And I I did not notice this. There's a there's a local troupe that I like a lot that, that pointed this out to me, and I've, I've noticed it since then. There's a lot of similar principles. Oh, between horror and comedy? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the tension, a lot of the payoff. It's just, you know, in comedy, it's not as, you know, awful. Mm-hmm. Well, a, lo- a lot it, of the... It can I be. mean, a lot of the... The basis is just something go, going wrong. And yeah, exactly. How wrong that can go. Yeah, and a few beats of tension, and yeah. then some kind of big finish. Mm-hmm. And you know that's how most stories work. But yeah. but these sort of play on base emotions and you know visceral experiences and that sort of thing. And uh, so I mean it's not that unusual. But you're you're right. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, like I say, because he's such a good comedy performer. Oh yeah. I thought it would take me a couple of minutes to adjust to him being the serious guy who comes out and tells you what the story is, but no, pretty good. Yeah. Just, he just comes out and I'm like, well, well, that's Megan. Like, mm-hmm. Or that guy in the short shorts that's dancing. Or the, the guys who talk about uh, Liam Neeson's. Yeah. Or so on and so on. Man, you've seen, you seen that Iron Man's? <laughs> all right. So that is all for this time. Yep. Uh, next week, we have our final uh, Patreon suggestion mm-hmm. uh jason stocks did deliver as as uh you know we we had to call him out uh, i think he was trying to come up with the perfect thing for us but uh this is definitely like i i know jason and i are similar ages we grew up on similar things mm-hmm. and uh it is definitely something from our collective childhood uh he has chosen the greatest american hero oh boy which was uh uh they got three seasons in the mm-hmm. 80s it wasn't like a you know one of those failed like Oh, remember this thing? Like, it was around for a while. It was pretty popular. I, I remember, I never watched it because, mm-hmm. like, I would see the, like, I would see the guy and just be like, this is not a very good superhero show. Well, it's supposed to be funny. Even to me, a five-year-old. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be, like, the whole point is he gets powers and he doesn't know how to use them and mm-hmm. it's wacky. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, we have definitely seen things sort of, inten- you know. You you got like the tick and Deadpool and things like that now that that pull off that blend well. I don't yeah. know that they had it down in the early eighties, but yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but for those of you uh, following along, we will be watching the uh, two part pilot of that. This will be our final uh, sort of two hour long thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is available free if you have Amazon Prime. It's streaming on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe streaming elsewhere. I believe Jason said it's also on YouTube. Ah. So if you want to watch along with us, you, you should have some streaming options yep. there. Check it out. Yes. And uh, we'll be back next week with that. Uh, let's see. Our website, as ever, postatomichorror.com. The Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. Mm-hmm. If you want to donate to our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash Algar. You can still donate at the highest tier and suggest something for us. We will, we will push the schedule back a week to accommodate that. Yep. Uh, it, is, it is a pretty steep fee. But it is possible. Yeah. Uh, and um, otherwise, you know, if you want to donate at a, at a lower level, you can get episodes early. Mm-hmm. You can see our show notes. Like, there's there's a lot out there. Yeah, you got options. Yeah. Also, uh, our uh, Star Trek fanfic show, Endeavor, mm-hmm. uh, is running strong. Episode four will be posting soon. That yep. is ussendeavor.com. We're very pleased with how that's all coming along. Mm-hmm. So 
check that out. And, and tell your that's friends, all for this place. Yeah. Yes, please tell your friends. Yes. So, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Twilight Zone podcast is a co-production of Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.